All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. Lots of sports talk. We pretty much bury the twins. We talk NBA and NHL playoffs, and we uh, get into what's happening in Euro 2020. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Feeling better than even before the first podcast. We just knocked out a banger pod in person, and we're about to do another. That yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, go check that out. Our screencast. We uh, we did the summer of Star Wars. We started that. We talked about Loki, which is the best show of the summer that just came out. Uh, we had a couple other shows, some news. It was a great episode. Go listen to it Thanks. after this one, of course. Yeah, yeah. Finish this one. Yeah. Okay. So, guys, before we dive into this episode, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcasts and get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. For free. For free. Thank you. I almost appreciate it. Appreciate all y'all. If you're listening right now, we love you. We thank you. I just sort of went into autopilot there because you didn't say it. I didn't say it. I I can't even talk. You can't let it go without saying for free. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, We are drinking a really fun beer. What are we having? We are at Modest Brewing Company. You ever heard of it? Um, (laughs) This is called uh, Half Believing Gravity. It's a tangerine pink guava fruited Berliner. That's a lot. I think the Berliner, like the Berliner Weiss, is kind of the most underrated beer style possible. Mm -hmm. It's just a nice, slightly sour way to get some fruit in your body. I feel like I'm drinking fruit juice. Yeah. But it's for adults. Right. And it's delicious. Yeah, this is a good beer. Cool can, as usual. Nice work, Modest. Um, I really like tangerine. I don't know, by the way, if I ever would have tried guava if it wasn't for beer. <laughs> Where does guava exist besides I beers? I don't think it exists. Okay, it's just something made up. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, um, yeah, I like this beer. Yeah, agreed. All right, guys. Um, so, we are going to dive into this episode. We're starting with a warm-up question. Jim, what do you got? All right, look, this is an NBA question. And it's going to be four options, okay? This is like a revisionist history we're going to do right now. Um, And it's which one of these would you have rather seen happen back in the day? The first one, Michael Jordan never having retired that first time. He doesn't go retire because he was in horrible gambling debt or whatever happened. Um, The second one, Shaq and Kobe never split up. They stay in the Lakers. Um, We get Kobe and Braun facing off in the finals, which never happened. Or you got D Rose never getting injured. Did you did one of those jump out at you as something you would have actually loved to see happen? Okay, so the options are Mike never retires, the first Kobe, time. Kobe Shaq never break up, LeBron Kobe finals. Yep. And what was the last one? D Rose not getting injured, which that you know so that would he, mean, it was all hype at that point. That would mean Tom Thibodeau was never the coach playing him fifty eight minutes a game. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go first. My pick is easily LeBron Kobe in the final. Like I would love to see that because mm-hmm. if it's revisionist history, Jordan doesn't get the push off game winner against the Jazz in '98 if he doesn't retire. There's no way he goes to the finals eight straight years and wins all of them. In fact, he probably loses the finals. The two years mm. off was the rest his body probably needed to come back for three more finals runs, which is insane. Actually, on its own. crazy. And so I don't think we get the the final act of Jordan's career that we currently have if he doesn't. So the, the mythos. Okay. Is so you actually don't even really ha- want to have seen that happen. You think in the end it was better? I don't know, man. What could have? What could have been? He wasn't going to win eight straight titles. Well, it just wasn't going to happen. Okay, why not? It's just, I mean, the wear and tear. But he retired because his body was just done. He was okay. so exhausted that he was like, "Well, that's what he said." Um, and then 
uh, Shaq and Kobe, they hated each other. It was kind of miserable to watch them. And they did this thing where, like, they wouldn't try all season. And then they'd, like, get the seventh seed and murder everyone in the playoffs. But they hated each other. It was just such an unlikable team. Yeah. Well, and they got beat, I, they got, they got beat the by Detroit. They I don't care about I wouldn't want to see because I didn't like the Lakers at this time. I didn't like Kobe. I liked Shaq because everybody liked you had, Shaq. You had the series where they were losing to the Kings and then the refs completely just fucked the Kings. <laughs> like... In such an obvious way. Like, if you went back and watched it, you're like, oh, yeah, the league cheated for the <laughs> Lakers. Um, and D. Rose, I mean, what could have been? Um, yes, but I don't know if his career is that much different. It probably looks more like Russell Westbrook than what turned out to be. I think Kobe LeBron, we were cheated. How did we never get that? Yeah, I, I agree. mean, that is the matchup that, mm-hmm. like, he was in the East. Kobe was in the West. It uh, should have happened. I don't know. It's just almost unlucky that it didn't. How did, I, the, how did the NBA not rig that? Like they, they should they, have that they, up. Yeah. Shame on them. Like, and you know, for the, I agree with Eric on the Jordan take for the Shaq and Kobe thing. They weren't even that dumb. I mean, they lost to like Ben Wallace and Chauncey Billups yeah. and Rip Hamilton, Richard Hamilton. Like, I mean, the Detroit Rasheed team was, was like good, like defensively, but Shaq and Kobe should have absolutely decimated that team by themselves. Like, mm. so not that impressive. Well, it was impressive. They they did win a few titles in a row and, and Phil is obviously one of the best coaches ever because of it, but he also had like the best players ever. So, right. Um, I don't really care about that one again. I Again, same take as Eric. Yeah. I, I don't know if D Rose is that compelling. It should have been LeBron Kobe in the finals. And make, like, cause how epic was LeBron and Steph right. when he was with Cleveland, like LeBron versus KD when it was the thunder and the heat, like all of those like big time marquee matchups were absolutely must watch television. And so to get LeBron and Kobe, like the heir apparent to the heir apparent, right? Right. I mean, right. The, the, the first generation second coming of Michael Jordan that everybody argued about to the, you know, the, the next one. So that would have been epic. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the answer. Um, unless you're maybe a Lakers fan or something, you're sure. probably going to pick differently. But for us, absolutely. I think that's that's consensus. You guys feel warmed up? Feel I feel stretched? great. I feel okay. great. Let's go. All right, guys, here we go. Starting lineup. There's only one place for us to start, and that's where we always start. Celebrity boxing. <laughs> Lamar Odom versus <laughs> Aaron Carter. What's happened to our podcast? Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter. Yeah. Did you guys watch this? No. I don't care. Did you watch it on uh, like the highlights of it? No, no. Did you see Aaron Carter spinning in circles while he repeatedly got punched by? I didn't even know what happened. No. Is it insane that that happened? Lamar Odom, a six foot ten former NBA player, versus Aaron Carter, a like drugged out little former pop star, (laughs) (laughs) who was ten inches shorter. So sad when you say it was really bad. He was spinning around and he was like throwing like back fist. punches and getting just drilled someone was like this is what it looks like if the nba player actually gets to fight the heckler (laughs) (laughs) all right also there was there was another um event that happened it was the stars of tiktok versus the stars of youtube in what boxing in boxing that was another event like a separate event a separate event because celebrity boxing is now the biggest sport on earth right (sighs) yeah i definitely wasn't that like the bryce bryce hall don't know who that is. I don't know who that I'm is really either. He's a I tried guy. to look it up. I didn't know if he was a YouTuber or a TikToker. And he's I a think TikToker. he's on TikTok. I yeah. think. I'm not really sure, but I think he is. He got whooped. Beat. He got whooped. All right. Uh, is this the new, like, there's got to be a meme for this, Jimbo. It's like, grow my TikTok audience. Step two, celebrity boxing fights. Yeah, yeah I think it, it is. Um, yeah, I don't care about any of that. Agreed. But there was a big fight that happened. What was that? What wasn't the, the what was the title card that night? The UFC one? Yeah. Uh Israel oh, Adonis versus Oh, that was a real fight. Never someone mind. else? I don't even know. 
He fought some guy and whooped him. Well, yeah. you're thinking of Mayweather Paul, which we did last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, we have more news, though. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is set to lose over $35 million if he sits out the year. He won't sit out the year. Not going to He'll either play begrudgingly for the Packers or he'll be traded somewhere. It's all a dog and pony show at this point yeah. for him. They're both just battling. So if, if, if you think that and you both just agree with that wholeheartedly, he won't sit out, then why would the Packers trade him? They won't, and he'll play for them. And then um, that sucks for us. Yeah, I mean, it's not healthy for their team, though. I don't so know. what? I kind of think... They'll make him play. If they really think that he won't skip out on that, and you guys are very sure about that, I'm not as sure, um, then he's not going anywhere. He's he playing cares for the too Packers, much about records. It. He cares too much about records and stuff, and his, his legacy, and playing into his 40s, and sitting out a season harms all of that. So he will, he will play. If I had a gun to my head, I'd say he plays for the Packers, but it would not surprise me if they traded him for like a first-round pick and a good young player. They're not trading him. Um, they, they, I think that is, their coach a, would happily trade them and i think that the management wouldn't they're they're playing chicken yeah the coach the, the yeah. coach wants a cheap quarterback and a better roster he thinks i don't need rogers i'm i'm the reason the quarterbacks are good and rogers is like give me the hell out of here yeah well, i don't know it depends on what he sees from jordan love and otas right so if he's looking at the tape of uh jordan love and being like okay we better make this work. If, we gotta if, we gotta make this jordan happen. love is good the next few weeks They'll trade Roger. I don't know about that. I, I still don't, don't see think why. So. If you really, if you guys are so convinced, no, no, no. I'm, I'm with you. I think he's playing I for the he, Packers. Aaron yeah. Rodgers is trying to play chicken with management. Right. He's going to show up to training. He camp. skipped some optional stuff, and now he's officially skipped some required stuff, which he's getting fined. No, you know. they're not finding him. I thought. I thought they decide not to find him. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, so they're trying to have like goodwill and like not find him for this and be like, well, we understand. But it's just they're both battling. You know, we'll see what happens. He's gonna play for. Okay. He just cares too much about. He wants to play till he's in his mid forties. He, he wants to be Tom Brady. He can't do that yeah. if he sits out. Yeah. It's gonna shorten his career. That's the whole thing. He wants to be Tom Brady, and the Packers have not been New England, and that's what pisses him off. All right, uh, next up, Minnesota gets professional women's soccer team. It's coming 2022. Does this move the needle for you guys at all? It doesn't for me. As I worked at the last women's professional soccer team, the Minnesota Lightning, did you guys go? I didn't. didn't I didn't, I didn't live it. here at the time. Minnesota Thunder was the men's team. Minnesota Lightning was the girls' team. They both played at National Sports Center. Thunder and Lightning? Thunder and Lightning, yeah. Wow. Yeah. The Thunder sort of kind of became the Minnesota United. Right. Like kind of became them. Um, Oh, that's why the storm clouds and that's whole that thing is still happening. Yeah, the dark clouds. Dark clouds. Um, So it comes from from the Thunder. And okay. the Thunder was owned by the same Making people who own the team now. Okay. Um, part of it. So you're saying that both of the, like, the men's team got better after you left, essentially. Um, No, the men's team, like, pretty much was going to fold, and then they won the bid to have it be uh, the professional team. I was just trying to pin it on you somehow, like, <laughs> giving away candy at the vending, you know, at the convenience, what do you call it? Uh, concession stand. Concession stand. Oh, no, in reality, what I was doing is I was making excessive amounts of food that I knew we weren't going to sell, yeah. so that at the end of the night, instead of throwing it away i would throw it in a garbage bag and then bring it home to the party i was going to and then i'd show up at the party at 10 30 with, like with a bag, a of, bag hot of hot dogs brats and burgers and meanwhile you had upsold at least eight people on nut goodies which <laughs> covers sold. the cost of those hot dogs yeah so you're good to go so boom everyone i'd show up at the party a bunch of old hot dogs and burgers and everyone would be like yeah burtness is here dude yeah. burger from a garbage bag yeah from wow. garbage bag. You really peaked. <laughs> I did. Garbage right. bag food. Um, does this move the needle for you guys at all? I mean, no. for me, it, it just they're gonna have to like prove it first. I mean, I don't think women's professional soccer is very good in the United States. The U.S. women's national team, which is, is ironic, right? It should. It, you'd think it might be great. There's so many great 
you know, female soccer players here. Yes, but but I want people to hear me out. The women's national team is not a professional soccer. They're a national team. They're mm-hmm. different. They're a collection of, of professional players. The all-star right. teams. But, yeah. but they are not what we're talking about here. So I think that the women's national team is amazing, and they're so fun to watch, and they're really incredible. But this is not that. This is going to be people who are not on that team, mm-hmm. and it's going to be pretty bad compared to the rest of the world and what they're offering and right because all the really good like female players play at like chelsea yeah, or at, in the, you know, premier, the, league. In the yeah. premier league which has a really like amazing thriving uh like female side there is like really good teams. i mean they have they have every side because they have like seven-year-olds on liverpool that play in their league and they have uh, you know the u21s and then they have the women and the men's side and they're all branded the same which is cool um and they have champions league yeah and they have the fa cup or i forget what it's called the the cont uh, conti cup i think is what it's called for the women okay it's slightly different but same concept same competition essentially yeah um so we were just way behind in everything with soccer so i guess we'll wait i I think it's cool i think it's important um like eric said i think it will be a diluted product which isn't necessarily good i Mm -hmm. i would wish it would be like there's an academy and they've got lots of young you know uh, rising star Minnesota female soccer players that um, are going to go through this academy and eventually rise to the ranks of being on the first team and all that stuff. But that's not the way we do soccer in America. You go to college right. first, and then you try your hand when you're 23 at being a professional, and that's just not the way it works. You know, mm. that's not the way to do it. So um, I'm hoping this is a positive. I think I feel like Minnesota is a great place to have this. I feel like the support will be there regardless of whether or not they're good or bad. Um, I don't know if they're going to play at Allianz. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure what the affiliation would be. Um, but either way, I think it's cool. Um, hopefully they do it the right way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they'll be like the links of the NWSL and dominate. And then it forces for, everyone to yeah, care because yeah, maybe, it's like, wow, they're just so winning. I think it would be cool. But um, I think Eric's take is right in that all of our good players, well, all of our really good players, except for like Alex Morgan and a handful of others, all play overseas as they should, because that's the best competition. Of course. All right, guys, time to move on to Euro. I think they're still calling it Euro 2020. They are. Which Why is wouldn't really they? weird. Oh, because it's, it's 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't so know. weird. Like, just change that, please. I don't know what year it is. Um, but anyways. I think all the, the marketing and uh, all that stuff was done and dusted and signed off on. And they're not going to pay the company again to change a zero to a one. Right. Like another million dollars, all the graphics. Wait a minute. Redo. So is this thing every four years or every two? Every four. Every four. Okay, Opposite okay. of the World Cup. A little awkward then if they had it again next year. So the so. World Cup will be next year. But it's supposed to be every other year. Every, every two years. There's either the World big... Cup or the Euro. Um, or the Copa, right? Which well, the is Copa also is happening. like every year. Oh. Really? Like well, every year except lame. for the World Cup or something. Um, so here we go. Uh, we got to start with the Denmark um, Finland game with uh, yeah. Inter Milan and Denmark's Christian Eriksen collapsing on the sideline, going into cardiac arrest. Um, his heart stops on the field in one of the most horrific and terrifying things I've ever been watching on television. Mm. I, I mean, mean, it's not even comparable. It was horrifying. I mean, there's there's like, you know, uh, what was the Louisville guy? Breaks his leg. Break his leg. Like, yeah. that was, you know, disgusting. You knew that Gross, guy was going to be... But you knew he wasn't you knew he was dying. Be fine. Right. This guy, I thought, while watching, I thought he died. Literally dead. I was like, we just watched a really great player and just a, a human being and an athlete die on the field during a game. I mean, that's what it seemed like. Um, you knew something was wrong right away. He, he If you haven't seen it, I wouldn't go seek it out. It's pretty disturbing. But he kicks the ball. He crumbles and falls face first to the ground. His teammates instantly run over and flip him over and they... 
sprint, uh, you know, medical professionals onto the field. They start doing chest compressions um, right away. The team makes a circle around him to give whatever semblance of, of uh, privacy that as they much can. as they can do. Yeah. And then I thought the hardest thing was just when his wife, they showed his wife on the field. Um, mm. That was like, at that point, I was like, this is really like some of the worst things I've ever seen on television. Um, and the fact that they wouldn't let her go close. That was where you're like. I was like, he's dead. Is he just yeah. like blue? You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. they don't yeah. want her to see that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this was, it was really horrible. Um, and you guys were both watching live? Yes. Okay. I wasn't. Thank God. I didn't want to see this. Oh, I was getting dude. text messages, updates. I'm like, dude, anything you guys know, tell me. I, I just, I'm glad I'm not watching, but I want to know what's happening. Yeah. So here's the thing. So he, he is on down for, you know, about 15 minutes. They stretcher him off. Um, we didn't have any information at this time, but it later came out that he had regained consciousness on the field. Yes. Which was great. Um, by the time he left, he was conscious and uh, at least somewhat aware. Um, and breathing on his own, yep. which is one of the most important things. And yeah. then by the time he got to the hospital, he was talking. And so that was the best sign that, you know, maybe soccer won't be in his future. We don't know. Um, but at least he is going to live a mostly normal life the rest of the way, which is all that you can hope for in a situation like that. Um, then they finished the game 90 minutes later, which I think people were trying to make it into a controversy. I think that was the worst part of this event. Like being on social media, which is always pretty toxic, makes situations like this where like there isn't a precedent for it hmm. um, into something that is toxic that it it isn't. So like everyone on social media was like, how disgusting is the mainstream media? They're trying to get coverage off of this. It's like, no, they're doing their job. They're covering this event. I, as a viewer, was terrified for him and his family. And I wanted updates. I didn't need a camera zoomed in on his face. But I thought as they realized how how serious this was, they moved the cameras further and further and further away. They talked about it. I thought they covered it fairly and well. And I just thought it was weird how everyone was like the, the anger towards like the media and the mainstream media, which is such a weird thing to say, is so weird to me at this point. Like, what well, we want information, but then we also want to be the, the person online who complains that people deserve privacy. Well, like, so you sent that picture, and I think it was a it was a Getty Images, like AP type yeah. of picture. As he was being carted off the field with his eyes open, clearly sitting up, and mm -hmm. his hand was on his head, like kind of pushing his hair back, mm -hmm. that's... If the if the broadcast had shown that, mm -hmm. everyone would have been like, "Oh, thank God, the cameras were still on. Now yes. we know that he's okay. I don't have to go scouring the bowels of Twitter to try and find this." So yeah. I think everyone's got their anger misplaced in all the wrong directions. Like they did not know until he, <clears throat> excuse me, until he got flipped over and started doing chest compressions that it was that serious. And then, like Eric said, they panned way back. They just started putting cameras on like players and coaches and stuff like that. And again, I think the 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 girlfriend, fiance, mm -hmm. wife on the field was a little bit maybe dicey. Kind of on the but, edge. But at the same time, it was showing like human compassion. It was showing the captain of the Danish team and Kasper Schmeichel, who's a big Premier League goalkeeper, going over and consoling her, or giving her information, everything that they have, right. like keeping her informed. And that was like a really like I thought, I thought it, genuine it, human moment. I thought it was like a beautiful moment 
especially when it turned out well. Exactly. Like, I think if he dies there, I think that that doesn't feel good to have the camera on her. Um, But again, it's not like ABC and ESPN and BBC and whoever else around the world is covering this has a a playbook for what the fuck to do when a guy dies on the field. Goes into cardiac arrest on the field. And like, I don't think just going to commercial for 10 minutes and then going to the studio for guys to fucking bumble and stumble around. The other 50% of people would be like, why aren't they showing us? Give us more information. Like a guy just collapsed. Yeah, we're concerned about his life. Yeah. And like, I found myself very afraid of what what had happened and what was going on with him. And I wanted information. And so I think early, right away, they zoomed in on his face and people were a little upset by that. They moved it back and then you could see like his limbs kind of bouncing as they were like desperately giving him chest compressions. And then eventually they give him the, what's it called? The The AED, the the defibrillator. defibrillator pads, you know, to shock him once they must have got his heart started up to some degree um i think once they they showed that image of of him getting the chest compressions i think that was enough for them to be like all right we we've got to just move it back to the other sideline mm-hmm. and you know i just think that this is not the normal and we want information we want things covered and i just think the the media hate is so weird and it's not even like a political thing anymore it's just like everyone has turned their back on the media but we also want information about everything right this is yeah. like you can't have it both ways like these people are doing their job they're covering events the good the bad the ugly and i thought that they did a good job and it's great that christian erickson is going to be healthy and it was a terrifying scary moment and i just am glad that um you know, things are going to be able to move on, but that I think people have a little better understanding of just how um, these people are just human beings. You know, this is a guy, a 29-year-old guy in peak condition who had a heart attack and almost died on the field. Yeah. One of the cooler moments um, that happened after, again, so they had posted um, on like the, it's not the Jumbotron, but like a, a screen that said when UEFA had tweeted out, he's been stabilized in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And there was a big standing ovation for both teams. Yeah. And then they started like the Finland fans started chanting Christian and then the Danish te- fans would respond with Ericsson, and they did this oh, back and forth, it like, was, temp- like chilling. I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. It, was, <laughs> it was like made me be like, this is why sports are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. and like fans realizing like rivals on the field, human beings off. And it was such a cool moment for all the fans. And then all of the players in other matches, um, even later that day and today, um, when they scored, would go over and like hold up his number. Like, we love you, Christian. We love or, you. Yeah, they yeah. kept calling him Chris, which is very strange because like I've only <laughs> known him as Christian Erickson. Obviously, well, that's, we don't know. <laughs> but they all call him Chris, yeah. and so they're like, "We love you, Chris. This is for you." And they're holding up his number and stuff, and like kissing the camera, like all these like heartwarming moments of like yeah. you realize that the game is so much bigger and the people in it are what is important. And so it was while harrowing at the time, the response from like the soccer community, football community, has been unbelievably fantastic Mm -hmm. i love all of those things yeah i wish it didn't happen to him and he's a he's a you know former spurs guy like i have zero hatred towards christian erickson in that regard and wish him nothing but the best like it's so glorifying to see like a community like come together in support of someone who went through something awful and we witnessed that in full force um, between all of the you know the people that were on air having to describe this i mean imagine being told like we're not going to commercial man you yeah, gotta fill 10 this. minutes of air of a guy you know half dead on the field like just brutal 
brutal, brutal. All right, Crazy. guys. So just jumping in, it's you know, like we said, it's it's difficult to continue on with the tournament when something scary like that happens. But it was cool that he was able to call his teammates, tell him he wanted him to play the game, FaceTimed even, yep. yeah, which is great. So we'll move on with our coverage as well. Um, so Euro gets off to a fun start. The favorites are kind of uh, doing really well so far. Um, some of the big teams um, started out with Italy destroying Turkey. Italy looks like the real deal. Um, Drafted Switzerland and Wales uh, with a weird draw. Wales probably had no business drawing that game, but did. Um, Belgium murdered Russia. So happy to see it. Russia refused to take a knee before the game, and not, you know, fuck them. Solidarity with with you know black athletes and social justice yeah. and anti racism. They refused to take a knee. They get fucking killed three zip. Thank you, Belgium. <laughs> Finland uh, beats Denmark, which was kind of a bummer. It was kind of sad to see the Danish team go down after that tragic event happened. But yeah. you also can't blame them. Like no. how the hell you're going to try and play soccer after that? Um, Austria beat North Macedonia and the Netherlands squeak by the Ukraine in what was a really exciting game. And then uh, finally, England in a good one zip over Croatia, who beat them in the semifinals of the World Cup two years. I mean, you say the Netherlands like squeaked by. I mean, they did, but the second, <clears throat> excuse me, the second half of that match was electric. Yeah. Like what an unbelievable five goals in the second half. Like it was just, it was back and forth the whole time. It was great. What a great match. So, so far, some of the big teams, you know, out of those, Italy, Belgium, England, and uh, the Netherlands all get victories. And so, I mean, as, as fun as it is to see some of these teams, the top teams are the top teams for a reason. And I think you're going to get a lot of them, you know, playing at the end of this tournament. Yeah, I mean, like Germany, France. What's the only real upset was Ukraine, maybe? No, they lost. They lost. No, I know. I know. They should have won. Didn't people think they were going to win? No. Oh, okay. They were like, so, I mean, there hasn't really been a, the biggest upset has been Finland over Denmark. Yeah. Okay. By far the biggest. Um, and yeah. That, that's got a big asterisk like, next sure. to it. Yeah. I just think that the tournament's really fun. Um, I, I was telling people that I thought that it's better than the World Cup. But after watching for a few days, I've realized that I'm completely and totally wrong, as some of these countries are literally 26 white guys. <laughs> <laughs> like the Italy versus turkey game i was like oh damn there's just 22 white guys on the field yeah since balotelli retired it's from really weird yeah. like there's like some weird racist stuff happening on some of these teams and so as much as i like the euro and i think that these are most of the best teams in the world um i wish there's a little more diversity on some of these teams yeah it's not like there aren't good players that are not white on on these teams there is a reason i mean these are a lot of especially the a lot of these like eastern european teams where they literally like throw bananas at players and mm-hmm. do racist stuff all the time like yep. it's a problem and so i think that that it's a huge problem lack of diversity is a little bother bothersome to me but overall i mean i'm really excited for more euro and you have like we said germany france coming Spain. up it's, play tomorrow. ironically like i think france and england are probably the most have the most diverse lineups yeah sure by far being probably two of the most progressive nations a little more progressive a little more ter- open fr- to immig- you know, i said france and england and, you said yeah. spain no i said spain he yeah. said france. i said france and yeah. england yeah. yeah i mean they're they are Definitely. I mean, France with the huge North African population. I mean, their team is is pretty much imperialism North Africa team. There you go. <laughs> imperialism, yay. It, it, Wait, what do you want? What do you want? I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it, it is like the North African All-Stars is pretty much France at this point. But that's great. That's the Those are the teams that we should want to watch in this. And so mm-hmm. I applaud them and their diversity. And I'm excited to watch some of the greatest players in the world duke it out here. Are you saying something bad about N'Golo Kante? Because no. I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to the NBA playoffs. Okay. Sure. 
So NBA playoffs, um, here's my question to you guys. Is the lack of star power helping or hurting the NBA? You mean in the playoffs so far? Yeah, in the playoffs so far. Uh, it's probably hurting, but I think for people that would watch it anyways, it's exciting. Um, it's exciting to see some of these mid-market teams are, are really making a huge, huge runs here. So I'm um, just going to give you this real quickly, okay? Well, can, can I answer the question yeah, too? Yeah. I think it's it may be hurting it in the short term. But I think it's helping it in the long term. Mm -hmm. A lot of times NBA fans are very anxious to pass the baton, right, to the next generation of youngsters. And I think we're on the cusp of that, but not quite there, where you see a lot of these young guys showing big flashes, but maybe aren't quite ready. Or in the case of like Devin Booker, just completely elevating his game. Incredibly, they've won seven in a row. He's just consistent, puts up 30 plus. And he's he's not even the best young guy in the... Right. He's not Luka Doncic. No, he's not even the best young guy in the West who's still alive. That's Mitchell. Yeah. Mitchell has taken even a bigger jump, I think. Sure. Okay. So these guys are on the cusp, right? They're on the precipice of sort of like being the next studs, right? right? The next... Kyrie Irving, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant kind of, you know, level of superstar. So I think that maybe this year the playoffs might suffer ratings wise. But when these guys all come back and are hopefully better next season, I think it will help it. Right. Because then these are more recognizable faces. Yeah, they're household names at that point. And so I think that will be beneficial in the long run. You know, and some of these older guys who are considered the best in the league, like, you know, Kevin Durant, you mentioned him, right? Well, even when when Harden is out, and then Kyrie went out in this game uh, four where the Bucks won and tied it two and two. He had nine points. He got shut down like he shot 25 percent from the field. So, you know, is he that much better than some of these young guys coming up that are scoring like 34 points on average and in, in every yes. game? Yes, he is. I mean, maybe he is. But then let's see it. Let's see it every single game. Um, so I'm looking through this list here of the top 25 players, according to the ringer and who is in and out of the playoffs. And so I want you to think if like the playoffs are, are struggling because so many of these guys are out. So, um, Towns, uh, Bam Adebayo, Julius Randall, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, uh, Jimmy Butler, uh, Zion. How are uh, we, how are we ranking this? Like you just PDR going from 25. It's, it's just their rankings. The ringers top 25. Players oh, okay. and you're so, going from 25. Yeah. They I, just, I'm just, down. these are the guys who are out. Dame Lillard oh. is out. Luka Sucks. Doncic is out. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis is out. Um, these are like top 10 guys for them. Harden is in, but he's hurt. Hasn't played for a few games. Giannis is still in. Um, Kawhi Leonard is still in. Kevin Durant is still in, but your top four, Steph Curry is out. Joel Embiid is in. LeBron is out. And now Jokic is out. Mm-hmm. Um, the guys who are in, of the ones I said with Drew Holiday, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Rudy Gobert, Kyrie Irving, and Paul George. So a good chunk of that list. I know when you get down to the final six teams or whatever, seven teams, that the list shrinks. It's going to get pared down significantly. But yeah. there, a lot of the guys are out. And it, you're right. It does help us build new stars of the league, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But does it make for compelling television this year? I'm not sure. No, I and that, I agree. Yeah. I, I think it, again... Short term, I don't think it's they might take a hit in the ratings because it's not LeBron. There's no Steph Curry, etc. But maybe long term, they're building you know the next set of Steph Currys, etc. That are going to be the new superstars. And they for sure are. I mean, if you think of these young guys in the league, you have Doncic, you have Tatum, you have Booker, you have Mitchell, you have uh, John Morant, and you have uh, Zion, and you mm-hmm. have uh, who's the other one? The, the Atlanta guy, Trey Young. Trey Young. Trae. I mean, you have an exciting young batch well, of think guys. Of, like at some point, like the Kevin Durants and the LeBron Jameses had to wrestle this shit away from Kobe 
and Shaq and Dwayne Wade and well, maybe not Dwayne Wade eventually, but like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, like Dirk Nowitzki, like the, and Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, like had, they had to wrestle this stuff away from them, and yeah. I think that the we're NBA, seeing it, I think. right? It, it kind of comes to that that cycle, um, and maybe we're at like phase one of them wrestling this, you know, the baton away from the the older generation of players, and we're going to be the new, you know, guiding light moving forward. So um, it it all you know, is cyclical in that regard. So I think that this might be the first step. Sure, the ratings might take a hit, but that's how they get to be household names is yeah. you have Devin Booker hit a game-winning three in game five against the Nets, you know, in prime time, you know, over Kevin Durant, right? And then now he's made it, and now he's the next guy that you want to take the leap forward or, you know, make up any scenario you want. Sure. That would be actually awesome. I would love that. And maybe people wanted to see the Lakers and the Nets. Maybe they wanted to see, you know, six of those top 15 guys yeah. all in the court at the same time. Agreed. I didn't care about that. I don't like half those guys. Um, you know, I like some of the guys that are up and coming. Like, how likable is Donald, Donovan Mitchell? He's unbelievable. And he's great. Like, let's see him. I've never heard him talk. Really? Well, then you don't <laughs> watch a lot because he does. They interview him after every single game because he's like the best he's guy. Great. In the court well, he's great. He's, and, turned and he's like the most weight. respectable, respectful dude. He's just great. Um, is that the matchup the NBA wanted? A thousand percent. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that's not all the way. That's not how it's going to work out all the time. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, what, I'm loving it. I'm excited about it. What do you think the NBA wants right now? They want the Clippers to they, come back and beat the yeah, Jazz. They definitely yep. want, and the then Clippers. they want the Clippers to beat the Suns, and then they want the Nets obviously to cruise the Nets through. versus Nets the Sixers. Yep. yep. And, and then either the Nets. way, either way, Nets Sixers is good for them. They're probably fine either way. They probably want the Nets. I mean, overall, I mean, people would, especially I think if, it would if be, Harden could come back. I think it would be cool. I think Kyrie will be back. He doesn't look that fucked up. I think it would be cool to see the Suns give the Clippers everything they can handle in the Western Conference semis. Might be the Jazz. They're already in They're the tied. semis. That's the Jazz and the Clippers. What? The Western Conference final? Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's... Yeah, I mean, I think the Suns are probably the favorite at this no, point. No, I think... I, I'm just yeah. saying, I think from... Uh, you're talking. We're talking about, like, what's good for the NBA. Oh, oh what's good for the NBA. Okay. I think the Suns giving them everything they can handle, like, it goes to, like, six or seven. Suns win a couple, like, close games. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the Clippers win, because then you have a huge market in L.A. Yeah. Um, and, and, and big superstars. With, you know and then um, and then go philly philly nets yeah and i think yeah. i think the nba is happy with that Either I, think way. The, I think the fans would be happy with that um overall um i kind of see the bucks actually winning but they're they're playing better basketball but who knows that, that series is very confusing yeah um, it is but i think well when you see like total domination from the nets and then you just see the bucks come back and win two in a row it's like well it's very hard to figure out and right. predict what's going to happen so uh, i don't know i I don't think we lose as fans, regardless from this point on. Yeah. Um, I think if it's a Utah-Milwaukee final, <laughs> That's... we might, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't see that happening. That would be a little rough even for me. Utah-Milwaukee, like, <laughs> nobody would watch that. I think that would be bad, but that I would be like hard getting basketball happen. fans to watch. I don't think that I don't think that is going to happen. But yeah, that that would be worst it case could. scenario. It could. Um, if you had a gun to your head, what are you picking for the finals right now? Uh, for me, it's it's Nets, Suns, Nets win in six. If I had a gun to my head, I would pick the Nets over the Jazz. You think the Jazz are gonna come through? Really? The Jazz are the one seed. I don't care. They they lost uh, Murray, man. They're like no, that's the Nuggets. That's the Nuggets. Oh yeah, yeah that's it. The Jazz are healthy. They yeah, got the they got multiple top yeah. twenty five players in the league. They have Mitchell, who's turned it into Dwayne Wade. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. have shooting. They're they have the best defensive player, three time All Defensive player. I don't know. I just kind of think the Jazz are going to go there. 
That would be kind of lame. I don't. Yeah, I really would, don't. Would. I'm a Suns guy now. Officially, I, I know so. you are. You love the Suns. I love them. I as soon as I started pushing for them against the Lakers early, I had to stick with them. All right. Uh, so let's move on then to the other big playoffs right now, the NHL playoffs, mm-hmm. which we are in um, disaster scenario, which they deserve, or um, really solid finish scenario here. So we're down to the final four teams. Um, one of the series is. Tampa Bay, who for sure is going to win that series because that's what the NHL gets, versus the New York Islanders, which would be a much better scenario for them. Mm -hmm. The other series is literally best and worst case scenario for them. The Vegas Golden Knights, who they have absolutely tied themselves to. The best fans ever in the NHL. Fuck the original six. They have the best fan. They've literally been around for four years. Fuck the rest of these teams. We it's love just, Vegas. We tourists. love Vegas. It's tourists buying tickets. I'm like, yeah. dude, stop. It's, it's rich so tourists. embarrassing, NHL. They always embarrass them themselves. They're going to get their dream series that literally loses to like reruns of MASH and I Love Lucy. And that will be Vegas versus... Tampa. Tampa Bay. But the great series... One desert city versus a swamp city. Like, just yeah. brutal. A yeah. great series, though, would be the Islanders versus the Canadians. That's what we've got to be praying for. The Canadians need to happen. <laughs> it would be so great. We need that. Canadians versus the Islanders would be awesome. And everyone should be cheering for the Canadians, people who actually like hockey. Um, but we don't hear about their great fans. We just hear about Vegas's great fans. The greatest fans in the history of sports, the Vegas Golden well, Knights. Well, you know, Eric, you know, Canada doesn't really like hockey. Oh, so, sickening. So their their fans are probably not very good. Like they're not very they're they would be like I don't know, like English soccer fans. Yeah. Right. Like they're kind of half hearted, not really it's into just not it. number one on their list. Yeah, they don't really care. It's just like the NHL just gets what they deserve every year as they pretend to be this big national Fuck Gary Bettman sport. Oh man, we are everyone loves us. You should see the fans in Tampa. It's like you should see the fans in Minnesota. Like, for real. Like, maybe we don't have stupid, like, bottle service and, like, laser light show to start every game. But, like, people here know about well, hockey. we do have a laser light show, and it's no, pretty but my, dated. But my point yeah. is, is just, like, is just like <laughs> we care about hockey here. They don't care about hockey in Vegas. They don't care about hockey in Tampa Bay. No! And for whatever reason, the NHL, like, wants those teams. They, like, push those teams. And, like, the ratings for the NHL suck so bad that... I just can't trust them when they pretend like these teams have great following. All credit to like Vegas and Tampa for building like really good teams, right? And I think the NHL has had no choice, but they're also stupid. They've also like ruined the sport completely because not only do the announcers suck off Vegas and everything that they do, like it's yeah. it's so disgusting to listen to. Oh, Max Pacioretty and and Alex Tuck, damn it, I missed Alex Tuck on the wild, but like just listening to them, like it was like listening to when Patrick Kane was in his prime, could do no wrong, right? And if you're a Blackhawks fan, great, you love to hear it, but for everyone else in the country, Chicago's a bit of a like a hockey city. Patrick Kane could do no wrong. Unless he went to a frat party and like sexually harassed college girls. In which case, they just don't talk much about that. No, he got beat up by a bunch of frat guys and thrown out of the hut. That's hilarious. That happened. Um, so, uh, no one cares about the NHL, I guess, unless let's it's just... the Wild. So, let's just move on. But uh... <laughs> No, but let's. we should be openly rooting for Montreal <sighs> oh, against New York. I don't even yeah. like the Islanders, and I'm desperately cheering for the Islanders, who always draft Minnesota guys, by the way. And I, I'm Parrish always cheering for... Played on for, the Islanders for years. I so am like cheering that. for Canada every year. Everyone's like, we hate 
the the Flames and we hate the Canucks and we hate the Jets. I'm like, I don't hate any of them. They all have very deserving fans. Oh, I hate the Jets. I don't care. Fuck the Jets. I don't mind any of those teams. These guys are dickheads. I hate that we play in a division where we're like we're gonna San play Phoenix. Jose, yeah. Phoenix, Dallas, LA. You know, like why? Why? Why do all these places have teams? Double up the Canadian teams. Why are they the Jets? Does uh, does Canada even have an Air Force? <laughs> Let's be real. It was an old team. The Winnipeg Jets froze from like the 70s or 80s. They <laughs> left, went somewhere else, and then I don't know where they went, but they disappeared. Then they came back as the Jets. Gotcha. They went to Columbus. Oh. They're the Blue Jackets. We're the Jets. Oh. Just, no, the Blue Jackets still exist. No, the Blue Jackets were the original Jets team. Oh, okay. And then, and then they made another franchise that was the Jets. Just like the Hartford Whalers turned into the... Quebec Nordiques? Or the... What? No, the Hartford Whalers, didn't they turn into the... The Hurricanes? Hurricanes? Yeah, the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah. And the Nordiques, did they turn into the Avalanche? Maybe. Yeah, weird. The Nord- Nordiques? The Quebec, the Quebec Nordiques. Nordiques. Yeah. Sick. Can team. you just say Nordics? Like, if you said Nordics, that's a fucking cool name. I think, no, I think yeah, it was French. spelled with a Q. Oh, the Q-U-E the Quebec, deal? Yeah. Quebec Nordiques. Dude, yeah. just the Nordic is a fucking badass. Like, the Nordics would be very cool well, for of course, Minnesota. But leave it to the NHL to make horrible decisions and be like, you know what? Hartford, we know your fans love you. You don't need a team. We're going to put them in Carolina. Yeah. Carolina, where hockey is king. They're like, let's just make a team in Nashville, Dallas. Let's move a Minnesota team to Dallas. <laughs> Are you kidding? Dumbest league For ever. like three million bucks. <laughs> just such a stupid league. Wasn't it like three million dollars? Yeah, like just nothing. Just pennies. I feel like on. I could crowdfund three million dollars if I had to. That's yeah. ridiculous. All right, guys. So let's move on to the Twins finally. Uh, bad news barters here. Let's go, Barter. Okay. Give so, us the biz. Well, I think everyone's going to, they're, they're not going to like this segment or take. Like, the Twins, this is a lost season, right? And everyone sure. everyone knows we need to start selling guys. The guys we can sell don't have a lot of value. Um, some of the guys we might want to sell have contracts that are not team-friendly. And we are, what we th- think back to like 2019, right? We got swept by the Yankees in the playoffs again, of course. Mm-hmm. But we were like... Man, this team is on the cusp of being a serious World Series contender. Sure. We've got We were on some of those, you know, sport some sports expert in Tampa has put the Twins as the fourth most likely to win, you know, just shit like right. that and everybody eats that up and shares it like crazy. Yeah, like our I odds, remember that. Our yeah. odds in Vegas like shot up, you know, right. like we broke the home run record with a juice ball, but everyone was hitting the same ball, but um and we were like, dude, Kepler Polanco, Sano, Buxton, Rosario, like this is our core moving forward. I don't think any of these guys are the answer moving forward for the Twins. And, you know, we have some guys in the pipeline to replace them. And this is just hitting. I'm just talking about like fielding and hitting. This is bad. Like we're we're in a situation where we have guys that aren't very good. They're on team-friendly contracts, but they have at least three years left. Um, we have some plug-and-play guys that are on one-year deals like, you know, Anderson Simmons, who's fine, but not very good at the plate. You know, Jake Cave gets a ton of innings. We, we're trying to put in young guys like Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirilov and Ryan Jeffers, <clears throat> and they're just okay. Like, Mitch Garver constantly has injuries, and he's 30. Um, and the pitching staff is abysmal. I mean, we have the worst pitching staff in the American League, and it's not even close. Ugh. It's time to burn it down. <sighs> But the, they're not going to. They're going to win enough. But how do you enough. burn it down? They're they, going to win they enough. They can't. That's that's my point is like, I would love it if we could just have a fire sale. But there's no value. 
like you're unless you're going to waive guys um, and eat their salary, like this is it's just untenable moving forward. The problem is though mm. is like in past years the deadline was in what mid July and now it's moved back into August. And so they used to have the deadline right around like the 20th of July. And now I think it's moved back like 3 weeks cuz they I think want... it was a little later. I think it was like end of July cuz it was like 3 weeks after the All-Star break, which is like they... right around Yeah, that's about that. So somewhere in late July yeah, and then okay. and then they now they moved it back into August because they want teams to be able to really decide if they're buyers or sellers. I think if we are for sure sellers you have to just realize that there are teams who want to go for it, who could use a big veteran bat, who could use a big arm in their rotation, who could use a reliever, who could use, you know, Miguel Sano, you know, like there are guys who are going to, their value will increase when there aren't very many guys available. Like Barrios, if he were to come available, a guy with one and a half years left on his deal at a really team friendly deal, who's young and throws some fire, you know, that's the kind of guy who I think you would be one of the best arms on the market and could probably get you something pretty good. He's not going to be Chris Sale out there, but he would still get you a good prospect. I think Cruz, if healthy, could still get us something. Only to an American League team. Yeah. I think Simmons could get you something to a team, especially someone beat up in the middle of the... Uh, if they the have a hurt shortstop. You yeah. know, I think that there are guys with value, but you're not going to get all top-level prospects. I think no, Brios like, is the only one who could bring you someone really good. How much would a team need Andrelton Simmons versus like their next best infielder that can play shortstop? Um, like, what's the upgrade there? I, defense. Yeah, but his defense has been like middle of the road for shortstops this season. I don't Stop think, it, right? Huh? Stop it. What? Just, I'm being realistic. I'm I'm being optimistic. Okay. <laughs> I don't like that from you. I want rain cloud Eric on this. I, I, my rain cloud is that we're going to be pretend contending. Pre- pretending. Pretend. pretend doesn't we'll work. work. We'll workshop but, that. Because you know, you're like, onto something. Yeah, yeah. But like that is my problem is that we're going to think that we're in it, but we're never in it. And we're not going to sell like we should. And this is the perfect time to just be like, burn it to the studs, get as many power arms as you possibly can. And we cut as much salary as we can. And we come back next year. And we still probably aren't good, but maybe we restock the shelves a little bit. But we but we did that in like 2019, right? I mean... I we, thought 2019 we were good. No, but I mean, that was like when... Kepler and Polanco and Sano and all and Rosario and all these young guys kind of came good. But that's why baseball is fucking dumb. Well, because the so Dodgers hard. have infinity dollars in their own television deal. The Yankees have infinity dollars in their own television deal. We revenue share with everyone else and have some shitty local deal that isn't doesn't make us money. We can't compete. So you have to do like the Marlin strategy of like burn the village and burn every village around you as you retreat and restock and then go for it one year. But how is Tampa good every year? (laughs) Tampa has the worst market in baseball because they have the best people running it. I just, I just don't, it's just so frustrating that like we constantly have to be like, Oh, we're going to be good next year. And then it's like, Oh, actually no, we're going to sell everybody. Yeah. Like I'm so, I, I think the fans are just tired of this. Like you, you say, burn it to the studs. Like I don't think the fans will endure another like five straight seasons of shitty baseball to get to like the divisional round and lose to the Yankees again. I think that like the yeah that that's the the losing the playoffs is more of a, enraging to me than burning it down. Like to me, the thing with baseball that's changed though is that getting prospects doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be bad forever because the prospects are more ready than ever than they ever have been in baseball. Not all of them, but like. You could go get a first round pick college bat who could hop in and be like your cleanup hitter in like six months. You know, like guys are just younger guys are just further along, especially bats are further along than at any point in baseball history. And so I think like you can rebuild on the fly more than you have been able to in the past. Not with our pitching staff, but not with our pitching staff. 
And so I think that's the hardest thing is just like, how can you identify power arms in the miners that you could get in trades that will come good in a few years and be top line starters because we can't afford to go buy a top line starter in free agency. Well, and the, and the teams that are smart aren't letting those guys go for anything no, cheap. And no. we're we're not going to be in the market for a twenty five million dollar a year front Never. line starting pitcher Never. like that. We're gonna we're always gonna be stuck with the the Mike Pelfries, the Matt Shoemakers, the J A Haps, blah blah blah. And it's just annoying. I'm it's just so frustrating. And like, that's why baseball will get what they want every year, which the is Red the Yankees Sox, against Yankees the Dodgers or yeah. the yeah. or the Astros against the Dodgers for all of time 25 bad news bears and everyone else is bad and it's just like that's a baseball problem and houston yeah we'll be be that's the four franchises yankees and red sox one of them they duke it out to see who gets to play the tampa makes a little noise and has a little cute cup of coffee in the in the um for the pennant like the american league yeah it just doesn't matter because only people who can get there are the teams who can afford the free agent starter and most teams can't and so it's like you can't even trade for those guys, really, because you're never going to be able to afford them. And that's why year. we're always going to be stuck with like the Barrioses, who is a third starter in most good teams, but mm-hmm. is like our best pitcher. He's our and, ace. And he's, yeah. he's like never pitched two good games in a row like his right. entire career. I think <laughs> what was his, his last start? He went seven innings and that's the first time in two seasons he's gone over seven and they let him go to 100 pitches. And it's kind of insane. So it's bad. It needs to get worse before it's going to get better. This team sucks. They're not even like young. They're like kind of expensive for a Twins team. That's They're what not I'm really young. <laughs> and like the only way this works is if like your Larnock, your Kirilov, your Rooker, your Jeffers, eventually, yeah. what's his name? Uh, Royce Lewis eventually gets healthy and comes back. You know, Buxton plays 130 games in a season. Buxton will never, never play do. 100. Like tr- I want to trade Buxton. Like let him be someone else's injury problem. Like I don't care if he goes somewhere and then plays 161 games. Like it's just not working here. It's time to cut bait. He's n- we're never going to sign him to what he feels his value is. Like he's going to want. 20 million a season zero chance we will pay him that Oof. Uh, right <laughs> but, yeah but that reaction is re- I realistic think you paint, I, this is the the picture that you wanted to paint and i think you did a good job man I, it sucks to hear Beautiful but like stroke. i need this from you because you know what the fuck's going on so anyway i'm i just i needed to get that off my chest you know what i mean i needed to vent a little bit and yeah. so thank you thank You're, you for the 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 therapy and listening i appreciate you guys of course all right guys that is it that's all the time we have this week on the northeast podcast go check out our last episode we start the summer of star wars we talk loki all kinds of good stuff go check that out until next week thank you guys for listening to the northeast podcast